Hello and you're very welcome to the Irish NFL Show Instant Reaction Podcast from Week 18, the final week of this fantastic regular season. When I say instant, I mean instant because the uh, the late window of games have only just uh, drawn to a close. But yeah, there's a few of them I think that are more definitely more important than others. A few teams are putting out uh, teams or a lot of backup players. But there were a couple of these games that really mattered a lot. Kieran Boyle is joining me to to talk us through a couple of them. Kieran, I think the the biggest place to start off with is the matchup between the Jaguars and the Titans because this had a lot riding on it because if the Jaguars won, they won the AFC South. But what happened was they lost. That means the Bills are going to the playoffs. The Steelers are going to the playoffs. The Texans have won the AFC South. And the Jaguars have lost five of their last six and aren't going anywhere. This is the end of their season. What's happened to them? How come they their spiral has gone so far down to end in what was a 28-20 victory for the Tennessee Titans? Yeah, a massive swoon. I mean, what can you say? I mean, they were 8-3. and three. Uh, You know, everyone's talking about, are they going to get the one seed the way they're playing right now? Who can beat them? They're gelling. They're hitting the right spots right now. And, uh, you know, it just it started spiraling out of control. I mean, they beat the Texans, I think it was late November around Thanksgiving time. And that was, a, you know, that was the, the game that people were like, all right, there's there's the defining one the Jag is going to kick on. Um, and then they lost to the Bengals that Monday night football game. And it was free fall ever since. I mean, they managed to win last week um, against the a terrible Panthers team, but they went one and five in the, in, in, in the run in, and that is not going to do it in any division or in any league. Um, it's just uh, Lawrence. Whether it's the injury or whether it's it's some other factor, but uh, he was just not the same player the second half. He was uh, turning the ball over a lot. Um, confidence not there. Overthrowing a lot of passes, as you saw today. Um, I know they lost Christian Kirk in that Bengals game. I know that was a, a big kind of uh, dent into their um, their you know their offensive weapons, but they still had a great defense, and they you know they relied on that the first half, and it got them through to a, to an extent. But it's a very winnable. You know, it's not a hard division. It's not the AFC North. It's not the NFC East. You know, that's that division was sitting there ready and waiting for them, and that's. Uh, that's not a great look for Doug Peterson. You know, that's that's a that's a punch in the mouth um, for the for the Jags prospects. And, you know, the NFL, you know, you only get a couple of years window in the NFL. And it very much seems like the Texans have uh, have kind of overtaken that. And, you know, the momentum that they got from last night, it looks like, you know, the Jaguars might have missed a trick because, you know, they've got some players who are, you know, probably not going to bring back. Um, and uh, I don't know. It's. Very, very, uh, very disappointing in this where I am. Obviously, uh, I'm only, you know, 40 miles south of Jacksonville and uh, there's huge interest in the area for the game. And, you know, a lot of a lot of people were thinking that it's a foregone conclusion. But, you know, you, you go against Derrick Henry in Tennessee and, you know, nothing's guaranteed. So um, and the way that it, it played out with the teams uh, being brought back into the playoff picture, um, huge implications for this. Um, Lawrence. uh just uh, you know, he's he's not been great the last six weeks, and uh, this was just a continuation of that. And you know, as a Giants fan, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna mention Evan Ingram, but uh, that that was that was uh, that was a bit of a bit of a, a turning point in that game. So uh, very disappointing in this neck of the woods. Jags are out, and uh, I think there's a it might be a change in the guard in the AFC South going forward. Yeah, I, I just want to focus in a little bit on Trevor Lawrence because obviously he got injured. It seemed the Jaguars' momentum uh, shifted very much throughout the season. They were a little bit slow. They went into two games in London. That kind of put them on uh, on a great course. They go in a few weeks ago to what was 
billed as a winner takes all for the AFC South game in Houston. They go and win that. Everyone's expecting the Jaguars to maybe even go for the number one seed. They have two primetime games within three weeks, I think. Lose both of them. Don't play very well. And gone into a real spiral. And what's happened is, I think it's exposed their reliance on Trevor Lawrence that if he's not playing 100%, which he hasn't been since that injury got a couple of weeks ago, uh, that's where things go wayward. He's attending a lot of passes. Against Cleveland a few weeks ago, he attempted 50 passes. Uh, Joe Flacco, mind you, attempted 45. So it was a lot of passes that game. Three touchdowns and three interceptions. We go ahead to when they lost against the Ravens two weeks ago. Lamar Jackson only attempted 24. Trevor Lawrence attempted 43. And then in... Uh, in this week's game against the Tennessee Titans, Ryan Tannehill only attempted 26 passes, got two TDs, one interception. Trevor Lawrence, 43, two TDs and two interceptions. They managed to get a lot more out of Derrick Henry, who got 153 yards out of 19 carries. Then they did out of Travis, then, sorry, then the Jaguars did out of Travis Etienne, who got 57 yards out of 16 carries. It just seems like that the entire offense in Jacksonville is very much based on the talents of one man. And no matter who it is, whether it's, you know, Peyton Manning or Le- LeBron James in basketball or Lionel Messi in soccer. If you are so reliant on the ability of one man to try and make things happen and something happens to him, it- it's-, it's very easy for, for the-, the team to fall apart. And I think that really does fall into the coaching because I think Trevor Lawrence is brought back after his injury too quickly. I'm not quite sure how much confidence to have it in the backup. And I think this this is probably stinging right now, I imagine, for a lot of people in um a lot of Jags fans, obviously, there's a lot of them here in this city, Atlantic, and where, where you're based in Florida. But I imagine there's going to be a long off-season where there's going to be question marks over the coaching, uh, the the personnel, and how things are going to move forward. Because the AFC South, although you said it's not the toughest division, it's going to be tricky with the, the Tennessee Titans, who are never an easy game. I think for a 6-11 and 11 team, or whatever the record is at the end of the season now, I, I think they're probably better than the record. They're never easy to beat. They've come to a lot of one-score games. The Texans, we know, are, are on the open. The Colts are coached very well and have a new quarterback coming next year once Anthony Richardson goes back. So I think it's going to be, you know, I, I I imagine there's going to be a lot of a large post-mortem analysis to what's going on, uh, what just happened in Jacksonville over the last few days. Yeah, and I, th- I think a lot of it is just the disbelief that it just went off the skid so so quick and so, you know, so badly. Um I mean, it's not that long ago. It was just before Thanksgiving where, you know, um, like I said, after that Texans win, you know, they were kind of coasting and everyone's everyone's looking forward to, oh, are they going to make the one seed, two seed maybe? You know, this is, this could be the year for the Jags. Everything's clicking. You know, defense is, you know, there was, there's, there's not a question really about their defense um, other than the secondaries. I mean, they, they've got their grade at the front seven, but um, it is, uh, it's, it's telling the way that it just collapsed so quickly. And I mean, Lawrence only missed one game, really. Um, out of all that, you know, he missed the uh, the Panthers game last week. But um, it's just, uh, I it it's very it's very hard to kind of, kind of uh, pinpoint the exact thing. You know, it's it's just a conglomeration of everything. It's it's Lawrence's play. It's losing losing Christian Kirk was a big a uh, big uh, blow to the Jags. Um, I know there's definitely questions about Peterson and his, his judgment, especially last night, or I mean, especially um, today on a couple of those late game passes to uh, pass attempts. So yeah, it's going to be a, a pretty uh, pretty long post mortem because there's no meaningful football in Jacksonville until uh, till you know summer camp. So um, definitely a chance lost, a chance missed, and there's a little bit of a feeling that you know after, especially after seeing C.J. Stroud last night, 
maybe uh, passing the torch, maybe the Texans are now going to be the, the alphas in the division. Yeah, and before we move back to things on the AFC side of things, as, uh, like I mentioned, the the people in Houston, Buffalo, and Pittsburgh were celebrating that win for the Tennessee Titans earlier. We got to look at the NFC side. I think there there was a sort of three-horse race to get the number seven seed. All Green Bay had to do was win, and they would sort of decide if they didn't win, then if Seattle won, they would have taken it. In the end, Seattle came came back uh, to eke a 21-20 win. But it didn't really matter. Green Bay got the job done. They played against their um, most hated rivals, the Chicago Bears. Uh, Jordan Love was tidy. Got a 17-9 win. And I think what's important for Green Bay and what's important for them to build on is the fact that their defense did not give up any touchdowns today. I know they were at home and another against Chicago, which is a very different uh, prospect to playing away to the Dallas Cowboys next week, which is what I believe their their playoff matchup is. But still, it's it, it's uh, you know the Packers. People weren't weren't sure whether or not they'd be good enough to make the playoffs this season. Whether the uh, the Vikings will be uh, the sort of the second team in the NFC North. That's not how it worked out. Packers is, are still rolling. Daniel Whelan, Irish punter, is making the playoffs. And that's brilliant to see. But mm-hmm. uh, I think for uh, for Jordan Love. Like this is his chance to really prove himself in primetime lights in the playoffs next week. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, I'll be watching some of the pregame uh, coverage today on uh, ESPN. They were talking up Jordan Love a lot. They were saying, you know, he was, uh, you know, it wasn't doubted, but, you know, there wasn't a lot of, to, <laughs> to have a pun, there wasn't a lot of love for him earlier in the season. You know, there was a lot of question marks. Did the, did the Packers make the right call? Is he the guy going forward? I think their their fears have been allayed a little bit. I'm still not a hundred percent sold on him. I think he was, you know, he was he was solid today, not overly spectacular. Um, you know, nothing nothing out of the ordinary. Decent game, twenty seven for thirty two. He had over three hundred yards and a couple of touchdowns. Um, but you know, um, I don't think it's. I'm not hundred percent sold on him, and I know that uh, I know that he had Aaron Jones. Uh, that run game kind of bailed him out. Um, I'm not sold on Jones. I mean, on uh, on Jordan Love going forward. I think he's been a little fortuitous. Um, he's 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 shown, you know, glimpses kind of like Justin Fields. I'm not really sold on him, and I'm not sure the Bears are either. Um, but I think that I think that's it for the Packers. You know, it's good year for him into the playoffs. Um, but I think they're going to be a one and done. I just uh, I'm not uh, not a believer in in Love just yet. I just don't see that kind of you know. I don't see like a CJ Stroud or kind of Anthony Richardson level of spark. Um, but, uh, you know, saying that he did enough just to get him to the playoffs, but I think that's going to be the end of the road for them. And Fields, I mean, I don't even know what the Bears are going to do with him. Um, 11 for 16, 148 yards. It's kind of a typical Fields game. You know, nothing, you know, less than 200 yards, a lot of scrambling, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of runs to the, to the, uh, to the byline. Um, Bears were a little disappointed today, but you know I get uh, I get Packers. They had the momentum at home and they had the whole division ahead of them. So, um, long story short, not a not sold on the Packers, but uh, good for them. You know they uh, they achieved the goal of getting to the playoffs, but that should be it for them. Yeah, I was talking to a colleague of mine uh, about the Chicago Bears. You mentioned Fields, and they were saying there's no way he felt that there was no way that the Bears are going to have two chances two years in a row where they had the first overall pick and are going to throw it away in both cases. And I think this final game will be will really add into that conversation. I know that last week in Chicago that the fans are shouting, we won fields. And 
this week things haven't hasn't quite worked out on our courses. So it's a team game. It's not just about a quarterback. But it, it's really going to add into that conversation in Chicago. Where it's, again, that's another place that's going to have a long off season and a lot of big decisions to make between now and the draft in April. Just before we, we talk about a couple of other games, just to make sure our uh, our listeners are clued in on what's going on on the NFC side of things, we know that next week the Eagles will play at the Buccaneers, the Rams will play at the Lions, and the Packers will play at the Cowboys. And it's the Lions that I really want to focus in on because last week, I saw Dan Campbell's ability for grit or his uh, his love for going for it culminated in this two-point try against Dallas. He, he, he had two goals of it and I know there was a lot of officiating things going on but many people would think oh well if it doesn't work out the first time you take your points the next time the second time let it go to overtime and try to win the game. He's the kind of person who always go for it always shows grit always you know never backs down and it's the kind of thing where you look like you're a genius if it works but you look like you're a gobshite when it doesn't. And I think what's what's happened now is against the Vikings today, sure they managed to to secure a win, relatively meaningless one, but I guess the the rivalry and uh, is still heated. And Detroit definitely aren't uh, a team that likes to throw away wins, considering how rare they've been over the past few decades. But losing, you know, playing starters and then losing is not clear now if Sam Laporta and Khalil Raymond will miss time in the playoffs after getting injured. Uh, it looks like that. Dan Campbell maybe made a bad call here in playing some of his starters. Yeah, I mean, it, it looks like that. You know, hindsight is always, you know what it is. Um, I love Dan Campbell. I absolutely love him. I would love him as a head coach. I would love him as a as, as any kind of coach. Um, I love that he just, <laughs> half the time, he just doesn't give a rip. He's just going to go, you know, if you, you think I should do this, well, I'm going to do the opposite. Um, I, I think he was very uh, measured after, after last week's, you know, fiasco. Um, you know, he had full full right to kind of blow off and go off on the reps, but he kind of held his temper. Um, but yeah, I was a little surprised to see the starters in today. I mean, that's the thing. You never know. I mean, I was watching the Rams game earlier and they had a clip of, uh, of Puka when he got his, uh, when he broke the record. And as soon as that happened, there was, there was audio of McVay saying, all right, he's got it good. Get him the hell off. So I kind of think that, uh, you know, Campbell, uh, he'll never admit it. You know, because he's he's he wants to win every single game. You know, he hates losing as any as any coach does. But um, it's his way. And you know, from the from the press conference two years ago, where he said he's going to bite your ankles or bite your knees on the way up, he doesn't. He he basically doesn't give a rip what you think, and he's going to do what he wants to do. And I think I I think that's phenomenal. I love that. Um, losing Laporta is going to be a huge blow if indeed he does miss the playoffs. Um, he, he's a huge, huge weapon. I mean, there's no understating it. You can't just say, oh, you know, we got enough to, to, to absorb the blow. Well, maybe you got a couple of players, but you can't absorb that kind of, the run game, I believe in with Gibbs and Montgomery, um, you know, but losing somebody like him, is basically another wide receiver. Um, hopefully it's not too bad. Hopefully Detroit can, you know, do a little bit of damage in the playoffs and, I'm not. I haven't seen anything yet on the uh, severity of the injury, but it didn't look great. Um, you know, he had he, he had a great game, two touchdowns early, um, but uh, and St. Brown as well had over under. I think he had 144 yards. Um, they didn't do a lot on the ground today. Maybe Campbell was trying to just you know take it easy on his running backs and wait for for the playoffs. But uh, he may he may want that one back, but he won't admit it. Um, and uh, you know, Vikings. Well, that was a you know that was a that was a classic Nick Mullins game. You know, four hundred four hundred yards, two touchdowns, two picks. Little, little good, little bad. 
Um, but that was a, that was a nice little game. But that kind of turned into a shootout late on. But uh, yeah, I hope uh, everyone loves everyone loves uh, Laporta. Um, great character, and uh, hopefully it's not a long term injury. And if it is, well, you know, hopefully the Lions can absorb it. and They can do some work in the playoffs. Yeah, if they ever put a Six Flags over Minnesota, the Nick Mullins roller coaster would something would be something incredible, and it would probably be, probably be apt just the way he plays quarterback. It's never boring. Uh, I just want to look ahead to a couple of other things. I think we were talking earlier about the Jags, where they've lost five of their last six, and you know they've suffered the consequences. They're not in the playoffs anymore. Another team that has suffered or gone through a similar end of the season is the Philadelphia Eagles, who have lost five of their last six. They're still making the playoffs, but they're probably not in a position where they thought they should be. I mean, a month and a half ago, we were, you'd be pretty much, you'd be pretty confident that the Eagles were in a position to be the number one seed and to be going to, and to put themselves in a fantastic position to be the NFC's representative in the Super Bowl again. The Things have completely collapsed in the last while. And in the game in uh, the Netherlands, they end up going 24 to 0 down by halftime. The, yeah, you know, it's it's defensively, they're 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 changing, they're changing play callers. They're you know, they don't know what, uh, what exactly they're doing in terms of, in terms of their game plan. I believe I heard a stat on the radio coming back that they have the third or fourth worst pass defense in the league at the moment, and and I think they're, I think they have the third worst, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers the fourth worst, and they're the ones playing against each other next week. That's going to be interesting. But this is just. An incredible blowout by the Giants, really. I know in the end it ended up being 27-10. Mace's game looked closer than it really was. Tyrod Taylor, you know, putting up nearly 300 yards. Tommy DeVito passing two passes as well for anybody keeping on. Yeah. It's, it's definitely the Tyrod Taylor show. And Jalen Hurts seems like he came off the, the field injured as well. There's photos going around about, of his, of uh, a finger being dislocated on his throwing hand. And we're going into another playoffs now where Jalen Hurts is hurt. And this isn't coming in where the Eagles are have great momentum. They've lost Shane Steichen as a defensive coordinator. They're, they don't seem as... Even in the games they won earlier in the season, they don't seem as dominant. A lot of the games they won earlier in the season, like against the Bills at home, against the Cowboys at home, were close games. They managed to push-push their way over it. I, they're really in a, in a recession at the moment. They're probably somewhat fortunate that the, the team they're playing against are the Buccaneers? That's a game they can win, but this showing in in the Netherlands is just not instilling confidence at all that the Eagles can go anywhere in the playoffs. No, not at all. I mean, they were terrible today. I mean, they made the Giants look like you know the '87 Giants, were throwing it all over the place, and Saquon was running all over the place. Um, you, you know, it's it's funny. You know, the kind of similarities and kind of parallels to the Jaguars and what they what they've done in the last six seven weeks. Exactly the same thing. Everyone thought the Eagles were going to coast through. They looked like the best team in the division. Will they go sixteen and one? Will they go fifteen and two? You know, um, they lost AJ Brown today, which was just, you know that's obviously a blow. But uh, you know, the Giants just they just made some great plays and they set they kept their foot in their neck. Um, but they they just don't look good. They don't look complete. The defense is very very suspect. Um, the linebacker core is very weak. Um, Secondary is not great. I mean. Um, they uh, they they just look disjointed. I mean, they brought Matt Patricia in, and nothing good has happened since that happened. Uh, I think whatever whatever magic Sirianni had last year is rapidly fading away. Um, very overhyped, like you said. You know, 
that the wins they had earlier in the year were quite fortuitous and could have gone either way. And I think they're kind of being found out now. Um, they they kind of relied on that kind of explosive play to either Devonta Smith or to A.J. Brown. And, you know, with Brown being injured, they didn't have that outlet. And uh, I don't want to call them frauds because they, you know, they're going to beat Tampa next week. I mean, I'm 99% sure that's going to happen. But I think that's about as far as they go. If they come up against Dallas or if they come up against, uh, you know, even the Rams or anybody else in the NFC, I wouldn't, I wouldn't back them. Um, I don't, uh, I don't rate them. Uh, and uh, as a Giants fan, I will take small bit of pleasure in going out the playoffs because that was a tough watch in the Super Bowl last year. But um, yeah, just uh, it's amazing the parallels with 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 the Jags just uh, fell right off, and they don't look the same team. Um, there's, there's whispers and rumors that Sirianni's lost the locker room and that there's a lot of people that are like second guessing a lot of decisions, um, second guessing bringing Patricia in, wondering why that happened. Um, you know, I know Patricia didn't have a stellar coaching record with the Lions, but, uh, it's not really worked out so far. So, if, well, I, if Patricia's gone in the last couple of years. It's just not, nothing has worked for him. Is he not just, we have to decide just to find a nice hut in Hawaii and chill out for a while, you know? Well, ever since they lost Big Dom from the sideline, it's gone. It's gone pear shaped. <laughs> that's that's the honest thing. That's exactly what it was. That the security of their wins has been lost now. If Big Dom is back, I might be uh, I might be concerned. But uh, um, yeah, I'm not. I I don't see them going far. Um, they'll beat Tampa probably by two touchdowns. Um, but that might that's I think that's going to be it. That might be it. Yeah. Well, I, I'm, I'll get on to talking about it in one of the podcasts during the week. But I think. That the Philadelphia's only real hope of getting to, to the uh, to the Super Bowl is by beating Tampa and hoping that things work out in the games. I.e., I believe the if the the Rams beat the Lions, which I could think is very possible, and they end up facing against da- the Dallas Cowboys, and a bit of familiarity helps them win that, and then they get somehow get to an NFC Championship game. But I just don't don't see it happening there. Just in everywhere, offense, defense, confidence, swagger, be, a, ability to to make plays. Uh, ability to bring their fans on side. It's nothing is is working in the tail end for the Eagles, and I think a lot they, they brought a lot of momentum from the off season of being we talked of one of the big teams, being a uh, uh, a team in the Super Bowl, being a team that played very well when Jalen Hurts was, was on the field, and they brought that into the first half of the year and managed to eke out some of these victories. They beat the Dolphins, they beat uh, they beat the Chiefs, but it's just they've run out of road, and it's completely. It's completely let off, and I think that's that. This another team, no matter how they do in the playoffs, because I don't see them in the Super Bowl. No matter how they do in the playoffs, there's going to be a lot of question marks over uh, the coaching coordinators and just a general organization of the team, as well as question marks over whether some players that have been key to the Eagles' success in the last few years, whether they've been staying on. Jason Kelsey, I imagine being a player who might end up retiring. Just to uh, to move on now, just a couple of other things. Where you were talking about the '87 Giants. Of course, the defensive coordinator back then was Bill Belichick, and he's still knocking around. Uh, small mention, I think, to what could be the final game of his tenure, which has lasted since 2000. For reference, I was born in 1999, so he's literally been around for as long, almost as long as I have in New England. And I think it's a, this is a snow game. It was very difficult to, to play football between the Jets and the Patriots, yet... Uh, the Jets managed to get a couple of field goals. They probably had a couple of, should have had a couple of more than they did. Every time I looked at, on the screen, it was a punt. It wasn't a great game to watch. Jets ended up coming with a 17-3 win. 
their first win over the Patriots in 15 games. If this is the last nail in the, in the Belichick coffin, it's uh, almost poetic that it's, it's come against the Jets, considering uh, the history that Belichick has with that organization. And, you know, it's... Uh, I don't know what... I'm sure there's plenty of Patriots haters out there, but I don't know what way... Whatever way you look at it, it's somewhat sad that it's going to... It's it's come... It's what was such a roaring dynasty has come to... A, or what looks like it's going to come to a Peter again. Because I, I don't think that Belichick is going to stay on. I think he is... I think he, I don't think he's going to retire. He's probably going to move on to somewhere like the Chargers. But I don't know what, what, what way you looked at this game. You, you know, it wasn't... It, it didn't mean anything, really. It wasn't mm. at any, uh, any stretch of the means, but... I think just uh, it, it will grab attention because of the Belichick factor. Yeah. I mean, well, first and foremost, snow games are a lot of fun to watch. <laughs> you know, they're always, it's always good to see, uh, you know, professionals struggling around with a sleep ball or trying to find the down markers or trying to find where the, you know, where the, hash t- the hashes are. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't think anyone thinks that Belichick will be back. You know, I think it's, it's the, the worst kept secret right now that he's going to go somewhere else. I don't think he would stick around, even if he, even if he was given the opportunity. You know, got up in the air with a quarterback. Very few skill players on the team. Um, it's just a, it's a, it's a downtime right now for the Patriots, and I think he, it's going to be a mutual kind of. All right, well, I've, I've done as much as I can, and I had some great times. Uh, I'm going to, you know, look somewhere else for the last, I don't know, three, four years, if that, if if that, um, coaching somewhere else. Um, the Chargers did look like a, a bet earlier, but now with Jim Harbaugh, that's that's looking more and more like he's going to go there. So, uh, but you know, after tomorrow, I mean, the coaching carousel will be fully open tomorrow, and there will be names flying all over the place. Um, so, I mean, he'll have his pick of uh, of, of you know even Washington that, that Washington's been talked about. Um, he'll have his pick of places to go. I mean, I wouldn't even put uh, something that I saw earlier. I don't put a lot of um, stock in it, but. Uh, there's been talk of a Vrabel Belichick switch where Vrabel goes to New England, the Belichick goes to Tennessee. Not sure that's going to happen, but that's pretty. That caught my eye. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, I was sure how different those two characters are. You're really just going for a younger Belichick and Vrabel. Yeah. Well, I think I think Vrabel's going to end up in New England. Um, he's him him and the the GM in uh, Tennessee are on the outs. Um, so I think it, you know things are kind of setting up that Vrabel's going to take over, and he is a younger version of Belichick, um, defensive minded. Um, just, uh, you know, doesn't take no, you know, crap and, and knows what he wants and knows how to build a team. And he's done great with a limited team in Tennessee. But, um, you know, I've watched as a, as a Giants fan, I've watched, uh, with, you know, a little bit of glee, how, how they ran through, you know, the AFC East in the last 20 years. Um, I can't, I can't say that I have any ill feeling towards him. You know, I, I liked him as a coach. Um, you know, I've, I first watched, started watching the Giants in the '80s, and you know, like I said, I he sticks out with that red starter Giants jacket on the sideline. Um, you know, he's a great coach with uh, with the Giants and with the Browns and on with the Patriots. Um, he, like I said, he'll have his he'll have his pick of places to go. If he, I mean, no one's even discussed if he's going to hang it up. I think he loves the game so much that um, you know he'll hang on for another, maybe two three years, but. It'll be a nice little ceremony. He'll come back next year to Foxborough and they'll, they'll have the Ring of Honor thing and there'll be a thing with Kraft on the field and it'll be, you know, he'll he'll loosen up a lot. and Like, uh, like they did with Mike Braverl earlier this season. Exactly, yeah. And like they did with Jimmy Johnson a couple of weeks ago. They'll do the same kind of thing. 
for Belichick and uh, Ilola and well and 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 very cordial and and nice. I know it's it's been a hard two seasons for him. You know he's had terrible quarterback play there. Um, very like I said earlier, very few skill uh, skill players. Um, you know picking up somebody like Zeke Elliott who's on the downslide was was not. Uh, you know that's that's not a, a Belichick kind of move. You know he gets guys before they before they're washed out rather than getting you know guys on the downside. He gets rid of them before they a year or two before they go on the downslide. So, um, um, I, it, it'll be interesting to see where he goes. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, legend. What, what else can you say? An absolute legend. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure I'll talk about this more uh, over the next couple of weeks, but. What I think Belichick needs is somewhere that has a pretty strong quarterback, which is why the Chargers has been so highly touted and the fact that they need a GM and a head coach if they can get the one man. And I think we saw against the Chiefs and against the, the, the Broncos that Belichick still has a passion in the sideline. He doesn't give up. He still tries it. But at the same time, things haven't quite worked out in New England, particularly offensively, defensively not so much, but offensively, uh, the game against the Jets was the fifth game this season that the Patriots did not score a touchdown. You know, and that, you know, whatever whatever way you cut it, that just isn't good enough. And I don't think that the people in the Patriots organization, no matter uh, all that he has done and everything that Patriots and their fans owe to him, I don't think they're going to give him the keys as another quarterback comes in and we're trying to, to find a way to, to get the most out of him, no matter whether it's, you know, a Caleb Williams or Drake May or wherever else it is. Just to uh, to wrap up a couple of things, I think the, the two most interesting games actually happened on Saturday night. Um Firstly, the Steelers managed to beat the Ravens. Now, this is a wet game. The Ravens weren't playing a lot of their starters. Lamar Jackson was benched. Naturally enough, you know, take notes, Dan Gamble. <laughs> um, Mason Rudolph managed to, to lead off the team, although it was mainly... I say Mason Rudolph, he was the quarterback. It was Najee Harris that led off the team, you know, running, tw- taking 26 carries, which is just immense. 122 yards and a touchdown. And then receiving uh, a few more on top of that as well. If they didn't hand it off to him, they found a way to pass it to him. He absolutely hammered uh, the Ravens' de- r- r- run defense and managed to get a win for the Steelers, which has put Mike Tomlin and the Steelers on 10-7. and 7. We can talk as much as we like about how they may be the worst 10-7 and 7 team or <laughs> all, the, all the yards and all everything that we can say. Results are results. The Steelers are 10-7. and 7. doesn't matter how much we don't like it. That is the fact. And they managed to get it done. So... Fair enough, they were against the Ravens team that had nothing to play for. It's probably easier to beat than if the Ravens did have something to play for. But a win is a win. They got it done. They're going to the, to the playoffs. Yeah, horrible weather game. Um, and like you said, Lamar is sitting out and uh, a lot of the other starters. But it's, you know, it's Tomlin. It's, uh, he's got that magic, you know, that kind of magic touch. Um, that's a poor team. I think we can pretty much, you know, other than, you know, Najee Harris and, you know, the court, I will say this: the quarterback play is is generally not great. I mean, they do have weapons, which is why it was confusing earlier in the year when they had Matt Canada. You know, when you got Deontay Johnson and George Pickens, and you're not throwing the ball. You know what 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 are you doing with them out there? Um, and I know Pickens didn't get the ball. I don't even think he got one touch yesterday. But um, that that game yesterday lent itself to a run, just a, a straight, you know, north south kind of game. Um, but it's Tomlin. I mean, it's he's a, he's an absolute lock for the Hall of Fame. Um, it's a great story. Another winning record. Um, another uh, another great season, and it's extremely. And nobody in the AFC North had a losing a, a losing record, which is phenomenal. Um, it's a it's a, always a hard division. 
Um, and the fact that he got uh, he got those that many wins with with a limited team like that uh, speaks hugely about the coaching and, and and what he does. And the decision, obviously, the decision to get rid of Canada was was a huge part of of their kind of progression. But uh, just um, again, kind of like Belichick, what what else can we say about Tomlin? He's just a magician. He's a phenomenal a phenomenal coach. Every time you hear him, he just he just makes perfect sense. Everything he says is just so inspiring so lucid so clear and that uh that, that you know how how can you not like him yeah it, it, it was quite an important win and just to uh as we are recording this we are a few minutes shy of the dolphins and bills kicking off with the final sunday night football the final regular season game of the year but just the afc side of the draw as it stands which is with the dolphins being the number two seed which will be the case if the Dolphins win tonight. As people are listening in the morning. You already know what happens. Uh, myself and Kieran don't. If the Dolphins win and they maintain the number two seed, the matchups next week are Buffalo at Miami again, uh, Cleveland at Houston, and the Steelers uh, Steelers, the uh, oh, never mind. I probably have got that wrong. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Uh, sorry. The uh, yeah, sorry, the, the Dolphins, if they win, the Dolphins are playing against Buffalo again next week, and if the Dolphins lose, if Buffalo win, that Buffalo take the number two seed, they're playing at home against the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the Dolphins are playing away to Kansas City. In okay. Either way, the Browns are playing against the Houston Texans. Your mind must be fried trying to keep up with all this stuff throughout the day. I know, it's crazy. I'm pretty sure um, that is correct. And I think just a, a final note to what I thought was even before the things was thought, probably one of the most important or one of the games of the of the season. The Colts and the Texans, a quite simple shootout. Winner makes the playoffs, loser ends it there. AFC South rivals. What I've the, the standout moment for me is quite clearly the first play that, that the Texans had. CJ Stroud comes out without hesitation, throws a seventy-five yard uh, pass to Nico Collins down the middle of the park, touchdown. Momentum builder early, put it to the Colts in their own stadium, get the, their backs against the wall, and it was a very close game. It was a bit tip for tat, but being the Texans came out twenty three to nineteen winners, you know, a incredible story for a franchise and a city that doesn't always have the best relationship with with, with football. They managed to come out, and I think unexpectedly come out winners of the AFC South. Even today, I don't think people expected that the Jags would. Would, would fall, you know, the, the the Texans were making the playoffs either way. The fact that they're the four seed, not the seven seed, is is, is the surprise from today. But as for, for their story to beat the Colts and be able to make the playoffs, uh, it is quite important. And the, the Texans are going to be a team to watch for years to come with D'Amico Ryans and CJ Stroud building from their experience that they've uh, gained this season. Yeah, Ryan's is a great coach. I mean, I, I remember watching him with the Texans when he was there. He 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 was a great linebacker there, and and uh, he was a great selection as as coach. And between you know his selection and Stroud, just that's you know there's there's there's, there's years where your team you know you hope everything is kind of aligned and everything kind of comes together, and that just came together for the Texans. You know, the Bears have been trying to do it for the longest, and other teams have, but everything kind of aligned for the Texans. Um, nobody, I mean, I think people had him down for four wins this year, very unheralded, very, you know, not a, not a, uh, kind of marquee, um, wide receiver core, but they made some huge plays. They had a rookie tank Dell who, uh, 
we lit it up in the first half of the season. Unfortunately, he's out for the rest of the season. But somebody like Nico Collins, um, and you know, even Singletary running the ball, they just they just managed to you know it's the sum of the parts. They just managed to put everything together. And this is just the start for the Texans. I think I think C.J. Stroud's a phenomenal. He's a phenomenal phenomenal talent. Um, his arm strength is incredible. Like if you look at that, uh, uh, not just the touchdown he threw at the start when they got the ball yesterday, but there was a, a throw to um, I think it was Nico Collins later in the game. And he just, it's almost like he flicked it. And it went about, you know, 35 yards as he was falling backwards. Um, just great arm strength, great awareness. He's very humble. Um, just a, a worker. And, uh, you know, when you do the right thing, you know, good things usually happen. So happy to see the Texans in. Um, I think it's uh, it's it's good to get a, a little mix, a mix up in in the uh, the teams that make the playoffs. That's a great story. Ryan's is a, is a solid dude. And now, uh, uh, you know, like I said earlier, I think I can see the I can see the shift in the AFC South already. I think the Texans are going to be on the up and up for the next three four years. I think that's a that's a team to look out for once free agency hits. And I'm sure they've got a bunch of cap space. That's uh, that's something to watch. You know how the NFL is. It's a copycat league. Guys are going to look around and say, "Yeah, I can play for him," or "I can." I want to. I want to be. Uh, I want to be running a post route for for CJ Stroud. So um, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely on the up. And uh, I'd be interested to see how they do. It'll be. I'll be rooting for them. I know that much. Yeah, momentum is uh, is definitely swinging their way. And of course, that Florida Texas rivalry will always uh, be a big thing as the, the Texans and the Jaguars move on. I think that now we are. I think this we're just about time to wrap up on our final instant or regular season instant reaction. Just. Uh, for those listening in the morning, you might already know what happened, but just curious, a quick preview as to what you think is going to happen between the Bills and the Dolphins. I think this is one of the Dolphins can actually surprise us and find a way to win. But, you know, they've been called frauds for quite a, a, a length of time for, for a reason. And the Bills are their own kind of mini juggernaut. So this is this is going to be one hell of a clash. Yeah, this is going to be a great one tonight. Um, a lot in the line. Um, Buffalo, I'm a little surprised Buffalo are minus three. Um, I would have had Miami by maybe one. Um, couple of, couple of things to look at. Um, Dolphins are four and oh after a loss this season. And a stat that I saw earlier, they are, they're the, they'd only lost three home games since November 7th, 2021. That's a phenomenal stat. I saw it. I was like, they've only lost three game, three home games in, in over two years. Um, Bills. I mean, I know they've had a great December, but uh, I, I, do we trust Josh Allen's arm? Do we trust? Do, do we trust him in a pressure situation? Is he does he have two or three wild, crazy throws in him? Is he going to throw it away instead of throwing out a, a, an out route and, and having it picked off? Um, I like Miami tonight. I think uh, this, the speed is the killer, and between Tyreek and a Shane, um, I mean, everyone knows. You don't need me to tell you what Tyreek Hill could do. Um, but I think home crowd, a Sunday night primetime game. I know that the Dolphins have they've they've sold this out for you know a long time, and uh, much like Buffalo, who've been waiting a long time, Miami's been waiting a long time to have a, a really good team to root for. Um, I like Miami by a field goal. Um, I think it should be you know I'm I'm looking at a 27-24 um, game. Um, yeah, Dolphins by three. Yeah, and like you said about the fantastic stat about the Dolphins, that is why they really want the number two seed. They are not a team that likes to go on the road. They are very much much more comfortable in the... And they're not built to go to Baltimore in January. They are not built to go to Cleveland in January. They are not built to go anywhere outside of the state of Florida in January. Trust me. They, they must be praying to every god ever conceived 
that uh, Baltimore somehow fall in the in the divisional round. You know, that, that they don't have to go back to, to Baltimore and get their ass handled. But hey, who knows? That's into the playoffs. That's a couple of weeks down the line. The NFL, we don't know what, what way things pan out. We never know what it throws up at us. Kieran, thanks very much for taking the time out to uh, to review this week's of action, and I hope you enjoy Sunday Night Football. Thank you, sir. I will be on the Twitter or X or whatever you call it. So I'll be uh, I'll be doing the game tonight, and I'll talk to you later.